between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow. Sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need to know involving USA Curling and more. It's the 12th in Sports Network's The Extra Extra In Podcast with hosts Price Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, club spotlights, and more. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's The Extra Extra In Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Jenna. All right, the Extra Action Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, TESN, taking center stage this week as we head to Spokane, Washington for the USA Curling Nationals. I'm Price Atkinson, and back this week, first appearance of the season, but more importantly, going to be returning to the booth in Spokane, at Eastern Washington University. I should be correct in saying it's Cheney, Washington, but Spokane is the host. The man, the myth, the legend. The bird himself. I'm not going to chirp. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to welcome back in my good friend, the angry bird himself, Sean Murray. Welcome back in, Sean, and thanks for joining me this week. It is going to be a treat having you back in the booth, my man. Hey, thanks a lot, Price. Uh, glad to be talking to you. Glad to be heading out for another week of uh Good curling and uh, hopefully good commentary. Yeah, man, it's going to be an exciting week as Nationals gets going on Saturday evening. First draw is going to be at 7.30 local time. Uh, that would be 9.30 central, uh, but 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. We've got a one men's draw, and then, boy, oh, boy, does the fun begin on Sunday, Sean, with a four-draw day. We will all be... We will all be eating our Wheaties at breakfast that morning to get ready for uh, the Iron Cross, so to speak, uh, all day Sunday. So if curling is your thing, you make sure you tune in to us on Saturday night as we get going all day Sunday in all through Nationals. Every a draw from every game, a game from every draw, I should say, stream live on TESN.us. You can get it on USACurl.org. But, Sean... Man, it's, it's going to be a great week. It's going to be great to have you back in the booth, but I, I want to get to something real quick, getting out of the gate real quick, because we're going to basically, this is going to be our U.S. Nationals preview special. We're going to talk all things about everything to get you ready for Spokane, the men's and women's side of the bracket, who we think might be poised to pull this off, who we think is going to pull it off, who we think is going to go to the World Championships. But, Sean, earlier today, as we record Thursday night, uh, a new sheriff is in town. A new CEO of USA Curling announced late this afternoon, Jeff Plush, uh, described by USA Curling as a, quote, 25-year sport and live entertainment industry veteran, now the new CEO of USA Curling. He comes to Stevens Point from previously as the first commissioner of the National Women's Soccer League, Sean. Uh, spent time with the Orlando Pride, and I guess I think it was most recently maybe the managing director of the Colorado Rapids Soccer Club, uh, leading them to their only MLS Cup uh, during his time there. So a guy that's got a lot of time in pro soccer, now the new CEO of USA Curling. Quick, your reaction, my man. 
Oh, it sounds like exactly what they were looking for. Uh, I knew when they had begun the search that they were uh, desiring to find someone from outside the curling world that had some experience in, you know, sports administration. And uh, this this guy sounds like the perfect fit. Uh, you know, my reaction as to as probably a lot of curling folks reaction was, well, I don't know who this is. Let me look him up and read the press release. And I see, uh, as you said, he was commissioner of the National Women's Soccer League. Uh, he also had uh, uh, some good work on negotiating partnerships with major corporations like Nike and A&E. And uh, he also was director of corporate development for IMG. And that represented some Olympic athletes, including uh, Peekaboo Street, Dan O'Brien, Michael Johnson, to name a few. So uh, sounds like it's uh, sounds like exactly who they were looking for. And I'm looking forward to what he can do for uh, USA Curling. Yep. Got ties to the Olympic movement. I think that's uh, important to point out, too. Um, and something that he said in his statement that he's excited to get back to. And, you know, he will be with us in Spokane. I don't know uh, the kind of time he'll be there with us uh, in Spokane. If he'll be there for the entire week uh but they did say that um he would be in attendance in spokane so i'm, I'm like you I'm, I'm sure you're excited and as i am to to meet jeff plush the new ceo of usa curling and uh to hear his thoughts and the direction that he might take things in because like you said i, I think uh, going outside of the box is certainly was the name of the game uh entertainment is something uh you know that caught me in in the press release and in them describing him uh, because I think that the outside-the-box thinking is something that um, uh, that some of the, the folks on the USCA board are, are looking to implement uh, as they made some changes here in, in numerous ways over the, the last few months. And so I think they got exactly what they wanted. And so I'm excited to meet him and, and find out a little bit more about Jeff Plush in, in Spokane, Sean, because I'm sure we will have a little time with him on TESN. Yeah, I'm, I'm also really looking forward to meeting him and just, uh, you know, getting off on the right foot and uh, giving him a good introduction to the, the world of curling and, you know, showing him what uh, Joe and BA do in terms of the broadcast and uh, just, uh, yeah, looking forward to meeting him and uh, giving him a good introduction. Yep. Very few places better to do that than at your national championship. So uh, looking forward to meeting him, but uh, Sean, Back in the booth, joining us uh, on TESN. I know for one, I'm I'm super excited that you will be, uh, you know, on the color analyst duties that uh, will allow me to 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 do what I do on the sideline and do some uh, the price checks and fifth in break interviews. So nobody was more excited to see you coming back than I was. So I wouldn't have to. Uh, <laughs> to stumble over with, with Joe up in the booth because uh, I love to be down by the ice and I, I love uh, talking to the players and, and getting into things. But coming back after a couple of years, I mean, what did you what have you missed about it? What are you most excited about uh, about getting back in the booth with, with Joe, B.A., myself, everybody uh, with the broadcast? Because I know uh, you've been sorely missed. Oh, I'm I'm just excited to just uh, do the whole thing again. I, I just I miss the process. I miss uh bringing a sense of you know professionalism to the broadcast and just you know sitting there the, the the whole week and um trying to trying to just bring good coverage and you know you kind of get lost in the event and it's just it's a lot of joy i bring i take a lot of joy in just uh doing as good a job as i can and i'm just really looking forward to uh hope, hoping to make that happen this coming week it will happen. It will happen, and it will happen live on tesn.us, also usacurl.org. Make sure you uh, follow us on all the social media networks, uh, the 12th and Sports Network, USA Curl, a myriad of ways that you can uh, get links to every 
draw that is streamed. Again, a game from every single draw will be streamed live like normal. Nothing's going to change. There'll be a few new bells and whistles like normal. Joe NBA always breaking out some new uh, fun gadgets. Uh, but it's going to be a great week, Sean. And, and let's get into it because we don't have a guest this week. want to get right to it. I know you've probably been chomping at the bit. You've watched all these teams all year. You yourself have, have kind of hung up the, you know, the, the, the sliders just for a little while. I don't think that's anything permanent. But uh, you, let's start on the women's side, okay? Ladies first. Um, you know, you, we were going to have, what, eight teams on, on the women's side. Where do you just start off your initial thoughts on, on the women's field? The strength, I think, of the women's field is, is probably the biggest thing for me because I just go back a couple nationals ago where, you know, there's no, no way other way to sugarcoat it. They were basically having to beg and ask teams to round out the field. Yeah, it's uh, – you, you take an early look at it, and I, I know the, the team that stands out most – and is the team that is highest ranked is definitely the uh, what's going this year is the Tabitha Peterson team yep. uh, skipped uh, in the past by Nina Roth. But I'm, I think she's uh, uh, about to have a baby soon. I think do any day sure. now do do any day. OK, I was I thought that was the case. I wasn't quite sure. But yep. um, I'm, I'm presumably we will not be seeing Nina there. So the team has been skipped by Tabitha all year long. Yep. And they are ranked 14th in the world. They have had a great, great, great season. So I would say they, right out of the gate, jump up to the top as, you know, if not the favorite, certainly one of the ones I would say most likely to win. Yep. Uh, I, I can't disagree with you there. I mean, they won the, you know, the Yusong International Cup. I uh, was over there in Korea with them, and that was Tab's, I believe that was Tab's first event skipping the team. And holy cow, was she good. Um, so many pressure-packed throws. They won the U.S. Open, um, you know, and several other, you know, top three finishes. Top three at Kurzawa. Uh, they finished, um, uh, I believe, third at Kuro Masabi um, and had a good run at the uh, the Tour Challenge. I think was in the semis at the Tour Challenge. And then, obviously, most recently at the last slam, uh, made the quarters after going uh, undefeated through round robin. You know, this team is it has a different feel to it now, um, Sean, because there there's something different about Tab uh, throwing last rock. She she unlike Nina, she likes to hit. Um, she's she, she, she's not afraid of the big shot. Not that Nina wasn't, uh, but Tab gets in there and she's made so many big pressure pack throws uh, this year. She just seems to get it seems like better and better. And it, the team just seems to have a little bit of a dis- different personality out there on the ice. Well, and that, and that's to be expected anytime there's a, a player change or a player sitting down or a slight lineup shuffle. Um, I I myself have never seen Tabitha call a game or skip, so I I personally have no idea what she brings to the table. But obviously, it's nothing but good things given how, as far as tour rankings are concerned, they've been the best American team in the world this year. So I'm, I'm really excited to get a chance to see them uh, in person and see what uh, just the style of game and also when listening to them to get a sense of the team's personality as they play. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a lot of fun watching them now, this, uh, this kind of this new flavor, if you will. But you mentioned 14th in the world. Uh, they, they are up to now in the year-to-date uh, rankings. Uh, number two, Jamie Sinclair, no surprise there. Um, you know, they've, they have had a, a rough go this year on tour, but 
even with some of the rough go, they did win Red Deer, um, you know, back earlier in the season. And, you know, when you get a, a win under your belt, that's always a good thing is, you know, they've broken in a little bit of a, uh, a new team with Corey Christensen coming on as vice skip and, and throwing third rocks. But they are ranked 34th in the world. And, you know, it, it, it they've had Team Roth's number. And, and again, you know, it's a little bit different of a Team Roth slash Team Peterson as they'll be playing as Team Peterson this week. But Jamie has had their number uh, when it comes to nationals the last couple of years, Sean. Yeah, and if there's any, if there's one thing you can say about uh, this this women's field, it's that you know you can say that Peterson is the top ranked team in the, in that field, but you uh, you cannot count out Jamie Sinclair and her rank at any point. They're they're every bit as good, and you know you know maybe the results haven't quite been there on tour, the results that they like, but this is another team that can very very easily run through the field and win nationals and go to worlds. I, I would have no, I would not be surprised at all if they were to do that. No doubt about it. hundred percent agree. Now, if I asked you to name the next highest ranked team uh, in the women's field at USA curling nationals, who would you guess if you haven't already looked? Well, I, I have already looked, and I so I'm afraid I have, to, I have to burst your bubble. If I hadn't looked, I probably would have said Cassie Potter, but it is, in fact, Kim Rhyme, That's who right. is next in line at the 85th spot, though Potter is very not very far behind at 89. Yeah, that is, uh, that is correct. And so you don't have Team Madison Bayer, the third women's high-performance team, uh, that will be there, but... You do have, as you mentioned, Team Potter, Cassie Potter skipping that team, and then Team Rhyme uh, there as well. And then another team that that I've got my eye on, uh, and that I've had I had my eye on it at the Junior Nationals uh, that they won, had my eye on them in the Challenge Round. I actually thought they were one of the teams that would qualify through the Challenge Round. Uh, was one of my picks that came up short, but. It's Team Laney Strauss had her as a guest uh, on the last po- on the last podcast, but they've since won the U.S. Juniors, and they cannot obviously go to juniors because of the um, you know the qualifying spot that the U.S. did not get uh, on the women's side. So instead of going to World Juniors, which really stinks for them, and you know we talked with her about that last last on the last podcast, we get to see them at nationals, and I think they're going to be an interesting team and could be an interesting out for for some other opponents. Oh, I, I think that's 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 a team that's going to be very dangerous because they've got absolutely nothing to lose. They're going to be soaking in the experience. I expect they're going to be playing completely without fear. And, you know, that that is a team that absolutely can knock off any team in the field. Yep. So they, I don't think anyone should sleep on them for sure. <clears throat> yeah, that I thought it was interesting, you know, back earlier in the season because it, it was previously Team Dutt. Uh, Laney was throwing second rocks, and then they just basically flipped them. And so Laney now skipping the team, and Susan moving to throw second stones, and bam, ever since then, uh, they've been uh, you know pretty much on fire. Another team on the women's side you know, that I look at, and I don't think there's any way you count them out, Sean, and you know that's Cassie Potter because the, I, I believe it was the last time we saw her at Nationals was back in, what, uh, Everett. And, you know, I just rem- go back and remember – you know, they were undefeated. They had a backloaded schedule. I believe they finished with the three high-performance teams uh, at Xfinity Arena back at that Nationals in Everett. And, you know, they basically kind of fell apart. And part of it was because they had to play with three players. If you believe it was Sophie Bader, I think. That, that sounds right to me. Pregnant. I don't remember. They had some migraine issues. And basically, 
it just was just too ill to play. And so they had to play with three players, and playing three players with three high-performance teams to finish at, after they were undefeated going in, they just kind of ran out of steam. Yeah. Um, at, now, if memory serves, I believe it was actually uh, Steph Bohan it was that Steph. was ill on that. That's and right. And I think she, I think she was suffering from migraines, if I remember correctly. That is correct. Uh, that is entirely possible. But yeah, they they had a they had had a really good run at that time, and just and as you said, just kind of lost it at the end. But uh, you know, C- Cassie has been around the game for so long. She's so just calm and centered as a skip, and has a team that is packed with experience. Yep. That uh, that again, I I would consider Potter. I don't know if you can necessarily have much of a dark horse in an eighteen field. Yeah. But she is a team that can absolutely beat every team in this field. Hundred percent agree with you on that. Um, a couple other teams there on the women's side. I mean, I guess we'll almost hit on all of them because there's only eight teams. But Ariel Traxler, you know, coming from uh, you know the the junior ranks a year ago, uh, skipping her team back at nationals again had a uh, had a great run through the challenge round and qualified through the challenge round. Um, I know Joe has talked on occasion. He really likes the way she calls the game. Uh, Jerry Gertz has mentioned the same thing. Excited to see. Uh, what her team does, and then Rachel Workin, you know, that's a team that's got some experience too. Has been to what uh, what won mixed nationals, I believe, uh, with Evan, and they went on to Worlds last year. But she and uh, Taylor Drees and Podol uh, and Christina Lammers uh, and Podol, who's pretty much skipped, I think, most of her life, or at least recently, uh, now not skipping. Rachel takes that spot. That's that's another uh, interesting team that's got a little bit of experience. No, nothing like Cassie Potter's rank. Uh, and then finally, um, to round it out, I believe Kim, Team Kim Rhyme, who we touched on, uh, the third highest ranked U.S. team, and then Team McMakin, Christine McMakin, a fiery, um, <laughs> a fiery player to say the least. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how else to describe her. I'll let uh, you take it from there. But you know, that's basically the way that women's field rounds out. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's definitely a, 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 a it'll be a fun to watch field all week. Uh, for, Christine McMakin is, again, as you say, very fiery, very energetic, which you don't always see from the skip position. But, you know, they went through challenge round undefeated and obviously earned their way there. Uh, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch and see how they do uh, for uh, team working. I guess they were team total. Now they're team working. I guess Rachel was skipping in the challenge round. Um, I've come up against Rachel a number of times in mixed and she's. She she's also a very energetic, uh, high-strung player, but definitely I was down in um, uh, Mapleton watching some of the women's challenge round, and uh, she definitely had kind of, a, I would say, a level calm yep. uh, that I'm sure helped the team uh, succeed and get through uh, that qualifier. So they'll be a fun team to watch. And I also did have the opportunity to watch Team Traxler, and that my – my best interpretation of how they played is I would just I would describe them as just a, a kind of a scrappy team like they yeah. never give up no matter what's going on there's never any panic uh, Ariel herself is just a very a very calm leader and no one ever seems to worry about things and then that just ends up translating into made shots and won games so none of these teams as I said before are to be slept on. This is a very good field, and I think we're going to have a lot of a lot of good games. The only time you can throw Ariel off is when you get her in the booth because she gets so nervous and talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I love it. Oh. I love it. I love it when she gets in the booth. She's she's just a lot of fun to have around. And well, I, think, I, I hope we can make that happen. Yeah, I think she might be in there for a game or two. But uh, okay. But yeah, that's uh, the way the women's field looks out. Do you want to go out on a limb? Do you want to make a pick? Do you want to uh, you want to say picks for the very end? Or I mean, we can take a quick break and we can do some picks at the very end if you want to do it that way. So keep keep uh, people on the edge. Let's save until the end. All right, let's do save until the end. All right, you want to get tickets. If you're making plans to come out, SpokaneSports.org. Make sure you visit SpokaneSports.org. I'm sure at this point you probably have tickets. If you do not, that is the place to get them, SpokaneSports.org. Um, again, the TESN, we will have you covered live starting 7.30 p.m., Pacific time, ten thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, folks. You're going to have to uh, to flip your uh, sleep schedule a little bit if you're on the East Coast and maybe Central Time to, uh, especially on the East Coast to 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 stay with us for a lot of these games because we've got wall to wall curling coming at you uh, all week from Spokane starting on Saturday night, Sean. So when we come back, let's take a look at the men's side of the field. Excited to see how what you think of them because boy this is anybody's game we're going to get into it and make our picks here in this next and final segment when we come back here on the extraction podcast with the 12th in sports network the nba is back where else can you get this type of drama where else does history hang from the rafters jalen brown throws it down. where else is your own city home to your biggest rival the battle of la is real people and 30 feet is still in range hurry where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh my goodness! Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT. Second final segment here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, Sean Murray and myself, Price Atkinson, as we're getting ready to uh, set sail, both Sean and I uh, heading out on Saturday morning will be some of the, probably the last people to arrive into Spokane, which is, uh, which is good for me. I wanted another night at home since Jerry and I are driving directly from Spokane almost the minute we finish op- uh, closing ceremonies, driving straight to the Scotties, 12 and a half hours, uh, in Moose Jaw, so I'm excited to get another uh, night at home, Sean, Friday night uh, <laughs> before we we before we head that way. I'm excited about the Scotties, but I'm more super excited about Nationals, and that's what we're talking about. But you know what? A couple things. You know, when we go on the road, we never have time to go do anything fun. Uh, I know in Fargo, you know, I just like I've got to go down to the university. I've got to go and and get a meal down. I wanted to see you know North Dakota State and wanted to take in a little bit of the college you know atmosphere not going to you know keg and frat parties of course but uh, you know our, our good friend Sean Olson uh, always directs us the right way when we're in the Fargo neck of the woods uh, but I mean you know we're not in Spokane Spokane is technically the host that's where we're staying it's about 25 minute drive I think from hotel to rink but we're up in Cheney at Eastern Washington University so Two places that are going to be on my bucket list, Sean, to hit. Eagles Pub, which is a, a die place right there, you know, off the campus uh, of Eastern Washington, in a place called The Basement. I'm all oh. about a good dive bar. <laughs> the Basement is a place that's got uh, some, I understand, some good live music, uh, a DJ. 
I don't care which one of it is. If I can hit the daily double and hit both of them, uh, and maybe a meal at uh, it's a uh, Mexican restaurant called Arturo's while we're also there. Arturo's is a place I want to have lunch at some point if we can get away. But I do okay. have a things on my hit list for, for Cheney, Sean. And, yes, I will drag you if I can get you out of the arena because <laughs> we have to be able to breathe. We have to get some fresh air at these things because, yes. literally, we walk in at you know the crack of dawn and we're not leaving until, what, 11 o'clock almost every night. Oh, yeah. well, especially that Sunday, the four-game day. I mean, we'll be – We'll be crawling out of bed at probably 6 or 6.30, and we'll be sitting in the arena for like 14 hours or so. It's just and, – and then the day after that, we start losing track of what day is it. You know, we don't know. That's It'll exactly, be good, though. That's exactly right. But Sunday is the tough day, and, you know, you get that one out of the way early, which is good. And yep. So and we don't start on Monday until 10 a.m. And part of the reason is, I say 10 a.m. local time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, because you know we're there so late, and because it's a men's draw at 8 p.m. local time Sunday, and then another men's draw right back at it 10 a.m. local time on Monday morning. So that's why they add an extra hour. But pretty much every morning session starts at 9 a.m. outside of Sunday, which will be 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific mm-hmm. Standard Time. So, uh, speaking of uh, you know sweets and treats, any chance you've had a chance to uh, to scope out a Seven Eleven and in Slurpee Time uh, in Cheney slash Spokane? <laughs> you know, I haven't, but you gave me the idea that I probably should. Oh come on! I always like to try it. <laughs> come on, Sean. Why did I have to even give you this idea this late in the game? I figured uh, probably two weeks oh. ago you had a couple, at least five of them on a cheat sheet. Oh, no, I I live in Slurpee Exile in Minnesota. They don't Seven Eleven doesn't exist here, so I don't think about it. But I'll I'll think about it. I'll look for something. All right. Someone. All right, let's get to the men's side. Uh, the Angry Bird, myself, as we uh, radio embark on Spokane, man. The boys are already out there. They got out there tonight as we record this on Thursday. Uh, B.A. and Joe told me space is a little bit tight out there, but uh, it looks like it will be a lot like Kalamazoo last year, a, a smaller, more intimate uh, you know, setting where you can pack more people in that's not cavernous like you know Xfinity or even Omaha. As much as mm-hmm. I loved Omaha, having the trials and Curly Night in America there and everything, it was just you know it's just such a big arena and you don't have it packed all the time it it's just you don't have the atmosphere like you did when you only have maybe a thousand seats in there and you over half of them full almost every draw yeah I'm, i remember the uh xfinity arena that was that was everett correct xfinity arena yeah, it was okay i i that was a lot of fun there and that was a great arena but it was as you say it was just so big and I mean, we were exiled way, 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 way up in top, and we could see the ice kind of way down there. And it was it was a lot of fun, but, you know, especially once Monday morning got going and there weren't that many people, it was just – it was a little eerie with not having a lot of seats filled. But, yeah, this, this one looks a little little more close in, a little more kind of personal, and it's, it's going to be fun. It looks like a great venue. Yep, the Eastern Washington University Recreation Center in Cheney. So that is where we will be, and that will be our home for the week but Sean the men's side of the field let's get to this thing because there's excitement on the women's side we're excited about both but boy on the men's side I look at it and boy to me this is a three-team race I think any I think there are you know more than probably three teams capable of winning it but if you want to get down to brass tacks I think this comes down to three teams and three teams only team Ruinen, team Schuster and team Dropkin I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Those are definitely the uh, the the top three ranked 
teams. Uh, this year, Team Dropkin, or Team Young Bucks, as they have come to call themselves, uh, they've, uh, they are ranked number 11 in the world this year, and they've really had an incredible season. I believe they won the Tier 2 uh, Tour Challenge. That's right. Um, so they've, they've had an incredible season. And they, you know, they're, they're really looking to take the next step and I'm sure they've already got to uh, trying to position themselves for uh, Olympic trials uh, on their minds. Um, but again, you know, then you've also got team ruining or, you know, team, team old guys or old as gold or whatever they're calling themselves these days. And I mean, and then, you know, who can ever count out John Schuster? I mean, he's only, you know, Olympic gold medalist, you know, big deal. Right. Uh, but no, th- those are definitely, I would agree the, the, if you're going to pick teams to finish one, two, three, it would probably be those three teams more than likely. So it's it's interesting the dynamic when you look at the three teams, you know, individually. You mentioned Corey Dropkin; they're ranked 11th in the world, uh, one tier two, the Tour Challenge. Uh, you know, back in Nova Scotia, made the quarterfinals. Um, you know, at the last Slam, the Canadian Open, had a great run. Took took uh, Brad Jacobs to the last rock on. You know, national TV on Sportsnet in Canada, um, and then you know had a few misses. Uh, maybe a few butterflies were there. Um, you know, I believe it was Dunstone that knocked him out. Um, no, excuse me, it was uh, Haji and Mike McEwen that knocked him out in the quarters at uh, the Canadian Open. No slouch there, losing to those guys. But you know, a, a fan, fantastic season they've had. No question, the hottest and had the best season of any U.S. men's team. Uh, right now this year, uh, team ruining not far behind them. Richie is that's a that's a team that's had Corey's number uh, really the last season or two. You know they've had their moments this year. They won you know the St. Paul Caspiel small. They won U.S. Open. Uh, they won the uh, you know, the Chang'an Ford International. Uh, what over in uh, uh, over in China. Uh, but then had you know some really good finishes, second in the Gold Wrench, uh, I believe second at Curl, Masabi, third at Red Deer. I mean, these guys have had a really darn good season. Here's the thing about it, and you know as well as I do, Richie throwing last rocks now. When he gets hot, he can play with anybody. To me, the big key on this team comes down to Greg Persinger at third. How? What kind of great game does Greg have? To me, that is what that is. In a lot of ways, the make or break on which way Richie and this team can go is Greg Persinger at third. I and I would agree with that, and I think you could even make an argument for that in most teams that a lot of times it comes down to the third. I mean, how well does the third set up the skip? If they're playing well, leaving the skip with easy shots, that team's going to win most of their games. But if but, the third is third is struggling. It's you know not always going to be the best game, and he has struggled. And I'm not picking on Greg at all, uh, but inconsistency has has been there with him. You know, a, a good many times this year. And you know, Richie and, and I'll take Pete Annis's their coach's words. You know, I'll, I'll use them right here. Is I mean, Richie's carried them at many many games, and a lot of skips do. But it, 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 if the consistency and it doesn't happen overnight, you know, they've had about a month like a lot of other teams to basically get back at it, throw rocks, you know, dive in and just drill down to get ready. You know, if Greg plays with that kind of consistency, like he did at that Worlds, you know, after, you know, when the literally the switch flipped in the middle of it when, you know, I think they were about ready to make a change when he was throwing last rocks and say he said, guys, give me one more game. Give me one last game. 
and boy, the, the the fire just came on, and he was unbelievable the rest of the way as they lost to Gushu and were knocked out in you know in the playoffs. But uh, it, to me, it's that consistency of Greg at third, and if he has it, they will be as formidable formidable as anybody. Absolutely, and I, I have no doubt that Greg will fully turn it on when the time comes. Um, you know, you, you don't. The saying goes, you want to peak when the time is right. Sure. And, you know, certainly nationals would be the time to do it because these these guys are playing the go to worlds and they, they know that. And, you know, you'll find at an event like this that that's always going to bring out another level in players. And I, I fully expect Greg to show up and help the team just as best as he can. Yeah, I, I agree with you right there, too. Um, so he, then we get down to Schuster. They, they obviously haven't played a whole lot this year. Um, they've gone over to, to Asia a couple times, was with them in Yusong in Korea back in October, second place finish to McEwen. Um, you know, they finished third in Kurzawa right before Christmas. And then I believe, uh, I mean, those were pretty much, I think the highest finishes they had. I think they were third at Golden Ranch, I believe, but you know, they, it's been a little bit of a struggle, uh, this year for those guys. Um, again, they haven't played as much didn't qualify at, uh, Stu Sells in Oakville, uh, they didn't qualify at the Masters, the first slam back in October, you know, the Ashley Home Store at NBC. Um, but you know as well as I do, and you alluded to it, Sean, when the lights come on, when championship is, is at the end of the event, these guys turn it on. And you never, ever count out a gold medalist, but especially, John, uh, at a U.S. Nationals, because I can probably go ahead and guarantee you right now uh, since their last event playing in Phoenix at the Golden Wrench, John and I know John for sure was doing nothing but throwing rocks almost every day, getting ready for nationals. Oh, he's going to be ready. You, 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 you just know that he's he's he wants to win this. He wants to go to Worlds. He's he's going to be ready. He and his team will will definitely bring everything they've got. John himself kind of strikes me as a player who sort of plays his best when his back is against the wall. Um, and I, I think that's been a relatively, um, uh, a relatively recent development since the Olympics because his back was definitely against the wall there and look what happened. And I, I think, I think they're going to be ready. And as you said, with, with Richie Ruin and if John gets hot, oh man, everybody else better watch out. Cause he'll just, he'll bowl right over the field. If that happens. No doubt about that. You know, you talk about thirds, especially when Chris plays well too, uh, when John and Chris, I mean, look, it takes a team. It takes all four. But when when those guys are both on, look out! Look man. out! There's just they they are a tough out as anybody. All right, let let's just keep looking at the men's field too. Um, you know, a couple other teams, uh, and we don't have to touch on every single one of them. Uh, but look, you can never count out Todd Burr. Um, you know, as a playoff contender, because as anybody knows, look it's almost like Novocaine. You know, he just keeps kind of going, keeps grinding, keeps grinding, and you know he's going to have draw weight every time. He's going to have draw weight every time, and he's going to be the most patient skip in the field every time. Yep. Uh, some I've heard it described more than once that one of the ways Todd beats you is he bores you to death because he will spend eight, nine ends. He'll hit all day, all day, as long as it gives him the advantage, and then – He'll make a draw when you need to, and you've lost. So he's got just just a wealth of experience, and they they can beat any team in this field, no question. Yep, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, we'll see uh, what those guys have, and you know, another team that I'm I'm curious your thoughts on is Scott Dunham's team because they have 
they have given Schuster some problems over the last couple of years. It feels like every time they play, it feels like it's a close game. Uh, go back to Curl Masabi, I believe it was 7-6 Schuster. Uh, uh, Dunham uh, then came back and beat Schuster uh, a couple days later. may have been the next day. Uh, then in the Golden Ranch, uh, John won 7-4. to four. Um, I think it was a couple nationals ago where it was even a uh, – it may have been Kalamazoo. I, I, I felt like it was – yeah, it was 9-5 Schuster. But it, that score is not indicative of really how close I think it was because it came down to the very last end that, that uh, Scott was hanging around. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say Scott Dunham is, is going to win. But, you know, again, a, a team that's got some experience, um, you know, on their side, you've got uh, Scott Dunham, Alex Leichter, Cody Klauser, and, and Andrew Dunham, you know, some guys that have been around and played young, uh, but still, uh, you know, fairly experienced. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you take a look at all of them together and they would qualify as a young team, but they are very experienced players. Um, Alex, I think, is a relatively recent addition to the team yep. but they've really they really haven't slowed down from having been together the last few years and they give every team they play bits yep. and you know some, sometimes you just match up well against certain teams and they match up well against schuster and that of course can only work to their benefit um their 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 style is a little they, they tend to kind of conference um it's one of the only things i've seen is that uh, i think uh, Scott himself kind of, it tends to be a lot of just team discussions about shots. So um, sometimes I feel like they're, they could uh, just kind of have a plan and go with it a little bit more, but you know, I'm certainly, I'm pontificating on the sidelines. These guys are a great team. They know what they're doing. They've, you know, beaten Schuster, uh, at least once, if not more than that, and they'll they'll be in the mix, no question. I, I think it's a great story with uh, Kevin and Kyle Kakala, you know, father son playing together. I think that's uh, uh, an awesome uh, story there. And then Mitmau, JP Munich, uh, who joined on with them this year. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to seeing them. But you know, here's a team that I don't know what to make of, and you help me out, uh, Dominic okay. Mayerke. So I talked to Benoit Schwartz. You know, Dominic played for Switzerland, um, played uh, what, won, uh, won an Olympic medal uh, with Benoit Schwartz and the Swiss team uh, going back a couple years ago. He moved to the States and uh, married a, a, a girl, I believe it was, uh, I can't remember where she's from, maybe maybe it was Arkansas where he lives I now. believe Arkansas, yeah. Yeah, but playing with Steven Dropkin, a really solid back end. Jason Smith comes on as their fifth. I'm, I don't know how... The front end just may not be there to, to take them through and win a U.S. Nationals. But w- w- any thoughts on this team? What do you know about them? What do you think about this team? Well, uh, I know that uh, Dominic himself actually was ineligible to compete in U.S. playdowns until this year because he represented Switzerland yeah. uh, at, at, I believe, the last Olympic cycle. Yeah. So um, they were waiting for that. Uh, these, these guys had actually been playing, minus Steven, yeah, uh, the front end had been playing with Dominic for at least a year or two before that, so they've definitely got plenty of games together. Um, they're 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 a very very good team. Uh, the addition of Stephen to play third only made them better and really kind of brought them to another level this year. Uh, D- Dominic himself has a lot of experience. He's an excellent shooter. He's absolutely fearless when it comes to throwing difficult shots, throwing high, hard ones, throwing pressure draws. He can make everything. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they do on this ice surface. I don't know how much experience the front end has playing on arena ice like this. Um, it's going to be, inter- going to be uh, interesting to watch if they're going to be able to set uh, 
Steve and Dominic up the way that Dominic would like. And that'll be something to keep an eye on early on. All right, uh, the last three teams rounding out the field. Team Brundage, uh, it doesn't always look pretty, uh, but boy, uh, <laughs> Jed, <laughs> Jed, man, I tell you, uh, shooting percentages were not the best. But boy, um, if you make the playoff, uh, you know, if you make the playoffs and your shooting percentage is low, what does that mean? You made some big shots, and he did back in North Dakota, uh, in Fargo, uh, the Nationals. What was it? Two years ago. Uh, when they made the playoffs is, is the hometown team, which was a lot of fun. You got Team Senate, um, you know, a team uh, that, you know, I picked uh, getting through the uh, the challenge round. Uh, Sam Strauss, uh, Eli Clawson, Ethan Sampson, and Trevor Marquard. Uh, but then my man Stephen Effen Berkland, um, you know, those three teams rounding out the field. Stephen gets in because uh, Team Violet wins juniors. Uh, because they won juniors, they'll be going off to the world juniors in uh, Siberia. Uh, that you heard Luke talk about on the last podcast. But because of that, Team Frickin' Berkeley, hashtag LFG, they are in the field. And let me tell you something, that is a good week for viewers, or that is a good thing for viewers because I love having Steven Frickin' Berkeley around. Oh, Steven might be one of the most entertaining players around. He's, he's, he's so much fun to listen to. He's got a lot of energy. And those guys can play. They can play, absolutely. Uh, so that, that, that's going to be a, a real treat to have them around. And, um, on a, on a slightly, uh, to talk about another team, uh, you, you mentioned team cackle a, a little, a little short while ago. Yep. That is, that is a team that could potentially be the most dangerous team in the field wow. because it's a team of, uh, with uh, JP aside is a team of North Dakota farmers. Yep. Those guys know how to throw a rock. <laughs> I think it's, I think Kevin is actually skipping the team and calling the game. That's right. And he's just got, you know, decades and decades of experience. And if you dare go to sleep on those guys, they will eat you for lunch. So definitely a team to watch. Yeah. Shout out to Tim Hodek on that team who hit me up and, and told me, he kind of filled me in on, uh, he actually said, you know, Kyle was the one who was throwing third rocks. It was his dad, Kevin, who was throwing the last rocks and skipping the team. Uh, and so we had a good conversation. And uh, just a shout out to Tim, who, who listened to the podcast and, you know, filling me in and, and helping me out on that. But as we as we get ready, I mean, we're obviously going to have a great week there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know everybody, you know, around the country, just the way that TSN has helped grow the game and, you know, the interest in curling to give it, uh, to bring it into to iPads, to, to cell phones, to, uh, to laptops, to, you know, to Roku's, you know, on your big screen at home, you know, in non-Olympic years, you know, just the way that Joe and BA has grown this game. Uh, just incredibly excited for what they've done and, and to do this again. And as we barrel toward those playoffs over the weekend, I, you know, Sean, you look at the playoff, you look at who's going to win. If you want to put you on the spot, uh, let's go on the win, the women's side. How do you how do you think this plays out in the women's field? Well, uh, if we're if the pro- progression of the season is any indication uh, at this point, I don't really see how you can too, uh, argue too much with uh, Team Peterson uh, probably coming away with it at the end. I mean, Tav has just been red hot all season. The team has really been playing well. Um, I would say at this point they have the inside track, uh, but definitely, you know, Sinclair could definitely get in there too. All right. On the men's side, let me ask you this. If you were a betting man right now and you were to go to Vegas to try and get odds, who would you think or who would you say is the favorite going into the Nationals on the men's side? Now, I'll just just preface this with that. You go with the hot team, the one that's had the best season in Dropkin, 
or you have the choice between Schuster, who you obviously know what you get when the lights come on and USA Curling Nationals is on the marquee. Oh man, what a it's such a tough choice here. Um, I eat, and I'm not saying you like have to, you, I'm not saying you have to pick between those two as your winner. I mean, yeah. you can pick Richie, you can pick anybody in the field. But if you were to say this team is the favorite, which of those two? Because there's no doubt about it. It's either one of those two is the is the odds on favorite going into this thing. I at this point, I mean, it, it's really hard in my mind to to set aside an Olympic gold medalist and not call them the favorite. I mean, just cause you know, you've got the experience they've, they've, they've got the big game experience under the lights with the pressure, all that stuff, not saying the Dropkin team doesn't, but it'll be interesting. The one thing I'm wondering is, you know, yes, team Dropkins had an amazing season. And I expect amazing things from them at this nationals and in the future, but I'm wondering how it's, how things are going to shake out when the pressure of the U.S. National Championship may be throwing a shot to actually go to Worlds as Team USA, if, if that's going to change anything. I, I, I am assuming not because those guys are all excellent, savvy players. But, you know, I'm thinking that might be one type of pressure that really hasn't been replicated. I mean, I know those guys, I think those guys all won juniors at least once. But men's nationals might be a slightly different thing. We'll see. But if I if you absolutely got to hold a gun to my head and I got to go with one or the other, I probably would go with Schuster just based on the history and the experience. All right, there we go. The angry bird has spoken. We will speak again, Sean, as we uh, we hit the ground in Spokane. And again, that first draw, what, 730 uh, Pacific Standard Time, uh, the uh, uh, Eastern Standard Time, uh, that game uh, will be at 1030 uh, p.m. in the East. Uh, in that first game, I had it up right here. It'll be Richie Ruinen and Jed Brundage in our first feature game uh, from the UREC Center there on the campus of Eastern Washington. Sean, so look, any more, uh, any parting, th- parting thoughts, parting shots as we get out the door and get ready to set sail as we welcome you back to the booth? And I tell you again, man, I'm so excited to have you back. <laughs> oh, thanks for that price. Uh, I'm just looking forward to a great week of curling. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to see a lot of great games, a lot of great shots. I'm just uh, ready to just get it going. All right. The Angry Bird has spoken, and we will speak again from uh, Spokane. Sean, appreciate all our listeners. Again, you can download uh, every podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, you can listen on TESN.us. But, yes, I have got it fixed on Apple Podcasts. You can now download every single episode right there. If you're traveling to Spokane, whether it be this weekend, midweek, or uh, later in the week, download, subscribe, listen. Uh, we're going to have a couple of podcasts from Spokane when we get a break to catch our breath, if it's even possible. We will record a couple from Spokane uh, before we uh, before we get out the door there. We'll have a couple. We'll have at least one for you midweek, and then we'll have at least one uh, for you over the weekend wrapping up uh, USA Curling Nationals. But, but, Sean, it's been great having you back on. Can't wait to have you back in the booth. And we will see everybody on TESN uh, for the broadcast again starting at 7.30 Pacific Standard Time on Saturday night. Ruining Brundage coming to you all week from Spokane, USA Curling Nationals. We'll see you then. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on news, guests, 
and upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In podcast. And contact us for more information on how to join the 12th In Sports Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com.